And you have, I, there you go. Again. I, you have no power here, Keith. <laughs> I am terrible at this. I, have you made it more than a sentence yet? <laughs> Stop it. it! Welcome to the Naked Apple. We missed a week. We missed you. I'm sure you missed us. Once again, it was because of Trevor. He declared an emergency. We, they did miss us, but their aim is improving. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> They'll get us eventually. We'll throw a little Cheerio in there, help them aim better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we have but two rules for the podcast. There must be two people to record is rule one. Rule two, one of those two people has to be me. Yes. Yep. Yep. We cannot function without Trevor. It's not a secret. That is one of the two rules. It turns out when you throw out your back, you can't do anything. Laying down, yep. sitting, walking, living. It's all impossible. Yeah. Well, it turns out we can't run a podcast without the person who knows what he's talking about. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That person is not me. The, the downside of making yourself indispensable. I'm here for the laughs. <laughs> yes. Laugh at or laugh with. Both. Both I mean, he's good. totally cool with it. He's totally fine with it. Look at him. Look at him in his happy face. <laughs> <laughs> Any Hoosiers... Um, Hoosiers. Uh, oh, Keith, Aaron says hi. Oh, yes. He actually texted me. We'll find them. So, yeah. I oh, said hi back. Just forget it then. Went out of my way for that one. Shot down real quick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I think it's uh, about a boot time. It's a boot time. A boot time for a heaping helping dose of our weekly vitamin b yay vitamins welcome to your vitamin b thank you here we are once again same stories different day same B time, same B place. Yes. <laughs> As usual, up to no good, the Pentagon says military needs abortion to help them become more proficient in killing innocent people. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say the logic is sound, but that's that's a take. <laughs> that's, that's a take. <laughs> that's dark. Biden says giant oversized check from Burisma he's holding is right-wing misinformation. That's, that's fair. Indeed. The Secret Service has come out and announced their ineptitude by announcing that they are unable to identify a suspect 
In the case of Ronald McDonald's missing hamburgers. <laughs> We've nicknamed the Hamburglar, but we can't figure out who it is. Speaking of missing hamburgers, Biden blames White House cocaine on the black guy who lived there before him. <laughs> oh, that's dark. In other news, Rachel Maddow snorts line of coke on air to prove it's no big deal. It's no big deal. <laughs> You know, I would not put it past him to do that. Right. Almost exactly a week ago, a 38-year-old man was rushed to the hospital after sleeping in a slightly weird position. <laughs> I felt the jab. Is that like an old man was, joke? Or was like a, a, it was a light jab. Just above the belt. Just at 30 years. The left, left hook, year left hook to the side of the chest there. Just. <laughs> D.C. residents concerned the crack house on Pennsylvania Avenue will drag down the housing market. <laughs> this is going to affect the trout population. Other news. BlackRock confirms ESG is on hold. Until they can come up with another name for it that nobody knows about. Yep. I, yeah. Authorities are on the hunt for an arsonist who just burned down three presidential campaigns. <laughs> In other news, California closes gyms for two weeks to slow... <laughs> To slow the spread of fascism. Oh, I I get it. I get it. I got it. Did you? Got Did you it. Get it. I got it. I'm there. Speaking of California, <laughs> California bans Spanish over nouns having only two gender options. <laughs> people are deeply confused. The ones the most confused are the people in Hollywood as they are now confused by a new movie that depicts child sex trafficking as bad. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Speaking of child sex trafficking being bad, Snow White producers circumvent actors' strike by casting seven random hobos from San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> In other news, Disney tries to appeal to Angel Studios' Mormon audience with new Indiana Jones and the Plates of Nephi movie. <laughs> I would go and see that. <laughs> Speaking of Angel Studios and their wonderful hit movie, newly announced sequel, The Sound of Freedom 2, features Jim Caviezel, Going after Andrew Tate. <laughs> <laughs> and this has been your Vitamin B. Wow, that was a <clears throat> that was good. That was good. Uh, I love the Babylon B. Only good one stuff. seemed to have gotten over Keith's head. Yep. Yep. Just one. Nothing goes over my head. 
My reflexes are too fast. Reflexes are too fast. <laughs> I would catch it. <laughs> well, uh, well, after all of that, we have all of this. And uh, that's a. <clears throat> Quite a bushel there you got. It is a bushel, a heavy bushel. You could trailer. say it's two weeks worth of bushel. You <laughs> it quite possibly is two weeks worth of bushel because it is two weeks worth. Ish. And, uh, and, uh, yeah. I think, uh, I think we should just dive right into it with a, uh, a fabulous intro sound of sorts what the hell is even that perfect <laughs> <laughs> and that's our intro <laughs> we're starting off with the china virus we're gonna try to get banned 10 minutes into their <laughs> into the show uk national health service has ordered euthanasia of patients to increase covid deaths Oopsies. Uh, the CDC has altered oh death certificates to remove COVID vaccine as cause of death. This is coming from whistleblowers in respective areas. CDC was in Wisconsin. Didn't, didn't we have uh, like anecdotal cases of that happening? Uh-huh. Um, and now we're finding an actual. Like, now there's a whistleblower saying here's the actual. Like the order or yeah. whatever of yeah. it. Yep. 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 On to our uh, corrupter-in-chief, <clears throat> John Solomon, a reporter that doesn't stop no matter who he's going after, found a burner phone number on Hunter Biden's laptop paid for by one of Hunter's businesses, so he called it and talked to Joe Biden for a second. <laughs> no, really? Yes. <laughs> Joe Biden answered the phone to a burner number on Hunter Biden's laptop connected to Hunter Biden's business. And he says he has no knowledge of Hunter Biden's dealings. That's so Zero funny. That's knowledge so funny. of the dealings. I mean, of once Hunter you Biden. get pat once you get past like the corruption um, proof that that is, you know, but like we've known about that for a long time. The Secret Service found cocaine at the White House. I wonder who it could have been. It definitely wasn't the Hamburglar. Almost right away, the Secret Service came out and said, we can't figure out who it is. Uh, case closed. I mean, it could have been anyone. Like, yeah, we have uh, crack or cocaine hit. What is Hunter Biden again? A anyway. mess. He smokes Parmesan, whatever that is. <laughs> like, yeah, He's so cracked out, he thinks Parmesan in the carpet is the best way to get high. Hunter <laughs> Biden, he may be a crackhead, but I mean, we, who knows who did it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and... uh if you go and find the uh, 4th of July video of the first family celebrating with fireworks and all that, you see Hunter do some motions that are synonymous with people trying to do a quick hit. <laughs> yeah, and he looks like he's having a great time. Yeah. What a great father Joe Biden is. He doesn't have um, a son at all. It's okay, though. It's not that big of a deal because this is only the third time that drugs have been found at the White House in the last two and a half years. This is the third time? Mm -hmm. Actually, within two years, because it was just last year 
that and this is all during Joe Biden's presidency. Like if it, during if Joe Biden's like presidency, spread out over decades or something. Marijuana, the devil's weed, was found at the White House twice. <clears throat> and now cocaine. Are they spinning this and saying they're just be trying to be more inclusive or something like that? I don't know. It's it's been funny to watch because it, it first was announced and they said it was in one area of the White House and people jumped on it like. Well, only family members basically can go to that area of the White House. <laughs> uh, did we say that? We meant it's where, you know, the general population So can it could go. have been anyone. Oh, so there's know. definitely cameras and everything of that. Did we say that? We meant it's this space where the press goes. And the press turned on. I was like, now, wait a minute. Don't, don't you need to have, like, a background check to go to the White House? Uh, the White House is so secure that if you had chemotherapy recently, they will not let you in because the radiation coming off of your body will trigger their sensors okay so what you're trying to tell me is the official story from the white house is a like a someone a guest of the white house which when you're invited to the white house this is like a big deal uh-huh um decided oh hey i'll bring crack to the white house during this once in a lifetime opportunity uh-huh and i'll get a quick hit in or maybe it was the family member that is known to do drugs uh, no, it's not that because they couldn't find any fingerprints on it. Oh, well, I so, mean, case closed. Case closed. So it's <laughs> Bob's your uncle on that one. Um, the White House wants to block oversight of Ukrainian aid. Uh, they claim that the Department of Defense is already overseeing it, so there's no need for Congress to create an oversight committee. Oh, yeah, because oversight is just not important. <laughs> We're overseeing ourselves and determined that we are doing nothing wrong. Yeah. Um, like we've been accused of money laundering, so let's get rid of the oversight. Yeah. There's a special trust you can use to avoid the quote-unquote death tax death tax on inheritance passed on to your kids. Guess which rules the IRS have just changed? Uh, the ones that allow uh, you to avoid the death tax. Yeah. Yeah. All your inheritance are belong to us. You will own nothing. And be happy. The last part's not true. <laughs> Why are you not happy? I specifically requested it. <laughs> the rest of our wonderful country, Michigan is trying to make making someone feel frightened a felony, complete with a $10,000 fine and five years in prison. Because you made them feel frightened. California Senate passed a bill to make it illegal for employees to confront shoplifters. Yeah, that's a bold strategy, Cotton. We'll see Dude, if it pays out for him. <laughs> I saw a shoplifter for the first time ever in my life the other day. What were you doing in California? Uh, nothing. I was in, uh, I was, well, I mean, close enough. I was in West Valley. <laughs> <laughs> Little California. Little California. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was... We, I went by the Valley Fair Mall because my wife was there looking at uh, shirts and stuff for, uh, we did family pictures yesterday, and, and we were walking up to the cash register, and this dude just walked out, like he, he picked up a backpack in the store, filled it with stuff, and then just walked out, mm. and the, like the alarm went off, and they're like trying to call security, and like nobody was answering or whatever, and they were just like, well, whatever. <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> well, way okay, to take then. pride in your work. That's great. <laughs> a uh, 
unappreciative, wealthy, and ignorant R&B artists intentionally blasphemes the national anthem during an Independence Day celebrations. Uh, she was asked to sing the national anthem, um, <clears throat> and uh, she started off with, Oh, say, can you see by the blood in the streets this place doesn't smile on you, colored child, whose blood built this land with sweat in her hands, but will die in this place and your memory erased. Oh, say, does this truth hold any weight? This is not the land of the free, but the home of the slaves. Okay. In case you're wondering... What kind of event was this? Uh, this was in, uh, was it Louisiana? Fourth uh, of July celebration thing. So in a Fourth of July celebration in Louisiana, which I believe is a red mm -hmm. state, she decided to change the lyrics of the national anthem. Her, in case you're wondering, her net worth is somewhere in the neighborhood of one and a half to four million dollars. Mm. Oppressed. So oppressed. Oppressed. Slave, even. <laughs> California, again, wants to allow judges to consider race during sentencing. Yeah, you're... Yeah, that won't backfire. You're supposed to go to jail for life, but since you're that specific skin color... Two months. Because, <laughs> you know, reparations <clears throat> or something. On the green energy front, uh, last time we were together, we briefly talked about uh, green energy things. So I thought I'd continue the trend because I found some more stuff that was interesting. Groundbreaking research finds that the Earth can fix itself. It's this whole study on how scientists discovered that the atmosphere is self-cleaning shocking it's, it's just oh. i was i i learned in kindergarten if the <coughs> they're, they're trees, gobsmacked by it <laughs> if you plant trees that'll get rid of emissions and in case you're wondering the optimum atmospheric level of co2 for plant growth is in, in the neighborhood of 850 to 1000 parts per million of co2 and what are we at the current levels of atmospheric CO2 is about 421 parts per million. Oh, so sounds like we're doing good as an Earth. Mm -hmm. Good for us. As an Earth. <laughs> as an Earth. <laughs> we're number one. We're number one. <laughs> the White House... We're beating all the other Earths. The White House uh, teased an idea that they thought would be great to block the sun's rays from e reaching Earth. <laughs> Solar is the way to go. We're going to put big sunglasses in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> so study blocking the sun's ray to slow down global warming. Okay, we'll dig into that one in a minute. <clears throat> On the uh, leave the kids alone front, a whistleblower claims that the Biden administration is the center of massive child trafficking operation. This is a callback to what we mentioned before with the border crisis. Um, sound of freedom smash the box office and kicks the door open on closeted pedophiles it's a uh, hit piece against the sound of freedom and it was written by a pro pedophile who's got all kinds of stuff on the internet that he's written advocating for pedophilia wonder why he doesn't like sound of freedom I am very interested I was I am very interested to hear like the arguments that anti sound of freedom people well it's a, it's a QAnon adjacent conspiracy it's theory. It's a QAnon. What even is that? 
<laughs> like I don't even know. I keep hearing about it, and I like. So follow. if you if you hear anything QAnon, 4chan, that's all a callback. I watched this happen in real time back in two thousand eighteen ish, seventeen. Okay, somewhere in there. I watched uh, a meme app that I used had a screenshot from 4chan of them talking about uh, the crazy stuff that the media is going after with Trump or whatever. And someone put in the suggestion in the, in the comments on the 4chan post of how long until you idiots can get them to think that the okay symbol is bad. <laughs> Three days later, the okay symbol was a symbol for white power. Literally three days later. <laughs> the media and all of that realized they had been had. And so now anything that's at all against them is 4chan, QAnon, something rather. Like, what, what does QAnon even mean? It's just a QAnon, some website where people go and chat and it's like Reddit or something. I don't know. I don't okay. use it. <laughs> like most of America. Like, it was actually it, a like, Reddit. Is it, is it like a slur for Republicans or something? Yeah, it are is they, now, yes. Are they basically saying like, oh, the star in Sound of Freedom is a Republican? They they realize that calling Republicans fascist doesn't stick like it used to, so now they call them QAnon. Yeah, Because okay. that's more ambiguous, I guess, or something. I don't know. All right. Um, I might uh, look that up. Keep going, though. Related to Sound of Freedom... The DOJ, so Sound of Freedom released on the 4th. On the 12th, I believe it was, uh, the Department of Justice removed child trafficking from its critical missions and other important details for child trafficking from their website. Huh. On the uh, 13th, California Dems blocked a bill that would increase penalties for trafficking children. Just a couple of days ago, a billionaire that was a visitor to Epstein's Island was discovered to have dumped over almost $700,000 into Biden's re-election campaign. Huh. Huh. And for fun, a uh, little uh, research thing found that conservatives understand other viewpoints better than liberals do. Shocker. Uh, participants were asked to answer questions as themselves and their own ideology and then they were asked to answer questions as they think independents would answer the questions and then they were asked to answer questions as if liberals were answering oh, that the would be opposite, a fun game. opposite party or whatever. And they found that independents and uh, conservatives answered more correctly how liberals would act then liberals would answer how correct. Can we can we get the um, the quit that uh, those questions on the show? It would be fun to like read them on the show. Uh, yeah, <coughs> to them in there. <coughs> and then uh, <laughs> this thing from the Philly Tribune: Americans want guns for protection. What does that even mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's the summary of what this well lady see, was talking about. When a bad guy comes. <laughs> And wants to take your life or property. Yeah. So, of all that crap, what's a story or two you want to focus in on? 
<laughs> so to answer Keith's question about QAnon, according to the Big Black Cock, uh, QAnon was a 4chan. Oh, sorry. Is that not what BBC stands for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, British Broadcasting. My bad. I got that. I was so close. One in the same. Really. And yet so far away. All right. So, well, moving on. Anyway, Q, Q, <laughs> QAnon was. And I, I, I remember. I remember. It, like, I, I've, I've heard about this before now. I just couldn't remember the exact details. So, but the exact details are. Uh, 2017, end of 2017, uh, there was a 4chan message board that started having a user that went simply by the letter Q post on it saying that he was uh, a U.S. security official right? who had special clearance mm-hmm. on all kinds of stuff and was dropping Q drops or breadcrumbs or whatever in, a, in 4chan forums talking about different things. And so it started this this whole following of conspiracy theories and stuff. That's really all okay. to it. So a, like, a unanimous, an anonymous person called himself Q and people believed him and so that's QAnon? Yeah. And so <clears throat> I've, I've, I've never actually seen the 4chan, so I don't actually know any, like, specifically what he posted. Uh-huh. But... <clears throat> pretty much anything that comes out that's that's damning on the left they they write it off as a QAnon conspiracy. So they they're saying that this is all originated from one guy. Yeah, on 4chan. Leaving uh coded encrypted messages in well not coded encrypted but but cryptic messages okay. on a 4chan. Board. I mean, you know, you you have to evaluate the soundness of anything anyone says. Yeah. To dismiss it just because it came from this one source. I mean, like coming from, from an anonymous source in general, like I from I my understanding, quick. the majority yeah. of what he said had to do with pedophile rings in in high <clears throat> places. I think basically. I think that's where the uh, Pizzagate thing originated from. Was something around that. I see. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I mean. There's not really a whole lot of information about the child trafficking stuff. Like, I did not know the scope of this problem until I saw Sound of Freedom. Oh, yeah, it's big. Like, it's unbelievably big. Like The Super, the super Bowl is the um, largest um, event in television ever. It is the largest um, event for sporting anything ever with as far as viewers and actual physical participants it is also the largest uh trade of child and sex trafficking is at and during the super bowl yeah anyway i have yet to see the sound of freedom because i have a midget (laughs) (laughs) makes it difficult to go see things i want to go see I have a mini me. <laughs> anyway, the I, truth of those words hurts is, deeper is than very, it should. I'm very quick to criticize anonymous sources, but because we know the scope of this problem, or at least, you know, apparently now we do, um, because of the sound of freedom, which by the way, apparently Disney like, um, fought all kinds of angles to they make sure sat it never on it got for five really, years. Yeah. Yeah. It, it 
actually they made the movie five years ago. Uh-huh. Um anyhow, and I, I hadn't heard so. the scope of this problem for a long time. I would be very interested to know any sources um that kind of expose the um like the specifics of oh, where so the, the source of the problem. Oh you are Operation Underground Railroad. That's Tim Ballard's yep. thing. Yeah. That's based fun, on fun go to their website. They'll fun connection here, small, small world, right? Small. Tim Ballard lives in Eagle Mountain. Yes. Oh really? Uh, yeah, yeah. He lives here. He so when uh, opening night at uh, the Fat Cats uh-huh. over here, he was, was there. He was there, nice. talking to people, like signing books and stuff. Oh, um, what are the odds we can get him on the show? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know him personally, but I I do know somebody who does. <laughs> my my uh, brother's new wife. Um, so she. From, from what I understand, and I, I could be a little off base on here because I heard this secondhand from my other brother. Um, <laughs> heard once it from again, a man. take your sources yeah. with take, a grain of salt. Take, take <laughs> the source with a grain man. of salt here. But uh, from from what I understand, she was she was involved a lot with uh, logistics and things, um, with uh, helping with the kids that were rescued. Um, she is She's involved with the... Um, rehabilitation of of children that Tim rescued, making sure they from get the, that, making, making sure, sure that they, they get, get the care, care they that they need, need and uh-huh. and get reintegrated into normal society, make and sure they're in an actual safe yep, house, make sure they're yep. in a safe house, and and all those different <laughs> things. And um, she was actually travel. She was a, 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 a traveling with him when uh, they were filming the Sound of Freedom movie. And uh, she was the one that had to take over his uh, speaking uh, engagements when he got called to go to the set <laughs> to to uh, you know help with the filming. Mm. So so any time that he got he got called to go back and help with the filming, she would be the one that would take his his uh, spot in the speaking. She was the number two, basically. Yeah. on the road. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So that's a yeah. fun, that's a fun possible she's connection. Really, really sweet. Awesome lady. I, I love Kelly to death. She's awesome. Yeah. No, but. I, again, the scope of the problem with sound of freedom, like it says somewhere in the movie that like, I believe it's 2 million children are trafficked. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't believe he said every year, but like, or I think it he was just right. saying like cumulatively there are 2 million children like in this network and then it's and that's dropped probably a statistic what saying that um like children make up i believe it was 27 percent of the human trafficking world mm-hmm. and so i'm like 27 percent. that means there are eight million people that are basically enslaved and that's probably today a, and that's probably 1.2 million children are trafficked every year yeah and that's and that's probably a conservative estimate Ugh. i just like again like we talk about this they talk about reparations for slavery and stuff. How about you fight actual slavery? No, because that'll solve something. That's why. <clears throat> we can't. We have to fight for things that are already solved to get more for ourselves. Not fight for things that aren't solved to get more for people that don't have anything. And don't don't try to explain leftist logic to me. <laughs> <I> just, <clears throat> um, I've tried. In order I've to tried. do that, there would have to be some logic actually time. there. Yeah, I just get stupider every time I try to comprehend it, so I'd prefer not. If it weren't for <laughs> double standards, they wouldn't have them at all. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the uh, 
Um, where are you? So that 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 one there's one point whatever million um, children. There's twenty four point nine million total globally. Children or people? People. Twenty four point nine million. People Unbelievable. Twenty four million people in the world, every and that's year. just that we know about. You know, like that—that's uncomprehensible, is what it is. So the uh, the DOJ deleting sec- child sex trafficking information from their website—it's <clears throat> interesting. It's like, like I mentioned before in the where's my slash it paper? <laughs> like I mentioned before in the bushel as well as what we've talked about before with the border being an open invitation to uh, uh, traffic uh, minors across the border, encourage even trafficking minors across the border. Part of what the DOJ took off the website was uh, um, vital information on international sex trafficking of minors, domestic sex trafficking of minors, child victims of prostitution have all been taken down as well as a section warning that sex trafficking can involve, quote, the cross-border transportation of children, end quote. So in other words, what you're saying is by supporting open borders, which the Biden administration supports, Uh you are also supporting child trafficking because it makes child traffickers easier to transact human beings. And, and in the case of what our border situation is now, it encourages the trafficking of minors because if you cross the border with a minor, you get in. And they got rid of the DNA testing so they don't have, so you don't have, you to, don't prove have to prove that, that they're biologically yeah. related. Yeah. Unbelievable. And the Department of Justice... Just a, just a few days ago, removed from its website on violent sex crimes and trafficking of minors, quote, the cross-border transportation of children, end quote, is now from the website. All right, I have a solution. Ready? You have the DNA testing to prove that they're, you know, biologically related. And if you can't do that, then you need to have documents that prove adoption or whatever. Mm-hmm. So why are you racist? <laughs> You know, so this is what it's like to have a conversation with a leftist. Yes, it is. (laughs) It is. In these situations, traffickers recruit and transfer children across international borders to to sexually exploit them in another country. The traffickers can be individuals working alone, organized crime groups, enterprises, or networks of criminals working together to traffic children into prostitution across across country lines. Once in the United States, a child may be trafficked to any or multiple states in the U.S. These victims are often trafficked far from home and thrown into unfamiliar locations and cultures. They may be given a false passport or other documentation to conceal their age and true identity. They may also struggle with the English language. All these factors make it extremely difficult for these children to come forward to law enforcement. One deleted portion read. Mm. Yeah. And I got in a conversation with a uh, guy at work, a uh, left-leaning guy at work. It was about the IRS getting rid of the little skip-around-the-taxes loophole. Yeah. Because <clears throat> I, I wanted to see what his reaction would be, and it was what I expected. It's so well, the kids didn't work for that money, so why should they get it? So, 
Well, well the parents worked for the, that money. The parents worked for it, and it was taxed under the parents. And also, it's not the government's in the first place. That being said, <clears throat> I don't want a freaking dime of my money going to a government that's going to take this kind of stuff off of the Department of Justice's website. Yeah as information that's critical in stopping this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. Yeah. Um Anything else in that list there? Anything else? Yeah. Let me read through the headlines one more time. Do, 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 do. So California making it illegal for employers to confront shoplifters. <coughs> and there was another California headline. California right wants to allow judges to consider race during sentencing. Mm-hmm. No, and, no, no, this is... And, a, is and California blocked a bill that would increase penalties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about those three California. <laughs> <laughs> so I have this theory. You know, you remember when we went and saw Nefarious Trevor? Yes. So I have this theory. So that, that's a, the plot of the movie is where a, like, a murderer literally gets possessed by a demon in the movie. I think that's what's happening <laughs> to all the California legislatures. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? They... They block a bill that would increase penalties for trafficking children. Mm -hmm. Like, according to the California legislatures, they're like, oh, no, that's, that's not a big deal. If they do it, it shouldn't ruin your life. Go ahead and traffic children. It's not a big deal. Go ahead. Like, who... who? <clears throat> try to explain to me the mindset. Someone try to explain that to me. Here's, here's, here's some information. The bill HB 14 noted that, quote, California cons consistently ranks number one in the nation in the number of human trafficking cases reported to the National Human Trafficking Hotline. And human trafficking is among the world's fastest growing criminal enterprises and estimated to be a $150 billion a year global industry. The bill would have made human trafficking a minor subject to California's three strikes law, and thus someone convicted twice could be sentenced to life in prison. Should just be once, but you know, gotta start somewhere. <clears throat> also, that's what it was before <clears throat> they blocked it. No, it would have made it that oh. way. So it's less than that, even right oh now. Oh my goodness. <clears throat> I personally believe a millstone is proper, but you know, yeah, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> They're right by the ocean, they don't have to go far. Yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> yes. Tie it around their neck and throw them into the ocean. Like, that's what Jesus suggested. Let's go with it. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's only the biblically correct thing to do. Um, the bill had already passed unanimously in the state Senate, but not even one of the six Democrats on the committee would vote on the bill. The only yes votes were cast by two Republicans, Assemblyman Juan Alanis and Tom Lackey. Uh-huh. And uh, they mentioned that um, when talking to the Democrats before the hearing and all that, they they all thought it was a good bill and said they would consider it. But there is this issue of the rolling the chair. So I don't think anyone was going to stand up against the chair. What I think it is... Are is, you quoting the article or are you... 
this is me. Okay. My thoughts on this. What I think it is, because this is July 12th when this all broke down. Uh-huh. I am willing to bet that Sound of Freedom got so much noise and instantly became a right-wing conspiracy thing that all the Democrats that were on this thing were like, oh, I don't want to be associated with right-wing conspiracy stuff. Uh, so they voted against it <clears throat> because they put their party over not only their country, but their own morals. <laughs> because their party is their God. Yeah, right. Um, I was going to say, I'm like, okay, so they found out that, um, let's see, how many zeros is that? $150 billion a year industry. That uh-huh. it's human trafficking is among the world world's fastest growing criminal enterprises and is estimated to be a 150 billion a year global industry. That is an incomprehensible number, by the way. Uh And so I was expecting you to say that um, the California lawmakers declared that it uh, stimulates the economy. (laughs) More or less they did. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. In a roundabout way they did. Yes. Once again, incomprehensible. Like I, yeah, this is this is really horrible stuff, and apparently, California legislatures are saying, "Ah, oh, it's not so bad." It's okay though. The committee has also rejected other measures that would increase penalties for domestic violence offenders, rapists of developmentally disabled children, and other sexually violent crimes. So you know, it's part of the course, really. Nothing new. Yeah. Um, so moving on from that, the uh, the California. Uh, the shoplifting thing? Where is that article? Shoplifting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> California Senate passes um, <clears throat> a bill to stop employees confronting shoplifters passed by the California Senate. Yeah. So isn't it um, people in California that are declaring, what, what are those called? Um, food deserts, I believe they're called. Calling those racist? Yeah. <laughs> So this is a bill that basically makes shoplifting illegal. And so as a response, no doubt the businesses are going to close because the areas are not profitable because of, you know, losses, consistent losses. And then they go and declare that food deserts are racist. Is that (laughs) target this all, all this proposed uh, laws and stuff on shoplifting, making it, or legal basically is coming on the heels of target announcing that, uh, in November, um, that it lost $400 million in profits in 2022 in California. (laughs) Yeah. What, what company was that? That was target target. Well, target has been losing a lot of, they've been losing a lot of money for other reasons too, but it's still funny. You, you hate to see it go. Um, and I'm thinking the reason why they're doing this is uh, for the safety of the employees or something like that, or even the safety of the shoplifters, for all I know. It's freaking California. Right. <laughs> <laughs> No, again, I'm I'm not going to dig into the soundness of that because there may be something to that that it's dangerous for the employees to confront the shoplifters. But at the same time, there needs to be a deterrent. If you're declaring that there's no deterrent, 
um, then you're effectively calling shoplifting legal in the state. Ah, I found it. Here it is. Uh, here it is. California is hemorrhaging money because of all the people that have left and because people are just stealing things instead of buying things. The California bill, if enacted in law, would require employers to provide active shooter training to workers, keep a log of any violent incidents, and allow companies to apply for workplace violent restraining orders. In other words, you have to purchase permission from California to protect your store. I mean, isn't that what the mob does? Freaking communist bastages, all of them. <laughs> it would be a shame to see something happen to your establishment. How'd you like to wake up with poop on your pillow? Because that's all we have in San Francisco. Gosh. Doing okay there, Mike? Yep. Okay. <laughs> yep. Just wallowing in the filth. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a good, yeah. good, good, good synopsis of, uh, well, trash, really. Just, yeah. This is the world we live in, apparently. This is the world we live in, and it's fun. It's great. It's wonderful. It's so fun. <laughs> it's okay, though. We're just heading to World War Three. No big deal. Over nothing. Yeah, that's uh, that's your bushel. That's that's the bushel there. Well, wasn't that uplifting? <clears throat> Such uplift. We don't even have Satan to think for it. Yeah, yes, that was a couple weeks yes, ago. Yes, we do. <laughs> Thanks, Satan. Uh, it's Satine, actually. <laughs> Want to use his proper title? Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, let's see. Should we do? Uh, see. Do we go to? Keith first? Let's do the hot mic. Or we do a hot mic in the middle. There's of a hot stuff. mic? There is a hot mic. Why is there unless a hot it's, mic? Unless it's, uh, you know, thematically Mike relevant. doesn't have anything to be hot <laughs> about is, anymore. It is not relevant at all. Twitter. Okay, <laughs> let's just do the hot mic and then we'll go into my thing. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> it's okay. You'll love it. You'll love it. First, first of course, we need this. You know what I hate about being right? Is when I'm right six months before other people will admit that I'm right. All right, I'm done. Yes, yes. The hot mic for the week. For this hot, hot mic of time. That is one big pile of shit. <laughs> Have you ever heard of time blindness, Mike? Yes. Yes, I have. I know exactly what you're about to do. So I just got yelled at. No, stop it. Stop it. Reason. Stop it. Make me have to push all kinds of buttons. Have you ever heard of uh, time blindness, Keith? Nope. Oh. No idea what that is. 
I have seen this exact TikTok before. So it's not as hot as it could have been. Not as hot as it could have been. <laughs> but even the original reaction was just, you're stupid, and I turned it off. <laughs> you're stupid, and I turned it off. <laughs> ah, here you go. So I just got yelled at for asking a very reasonable question. So I'm applying to go somewhere, and I just wanted to know, are there accommodations for people who struggle with time blindness and being on time? You know. And then the person I was with interrupted and acted like I was asking something else. And then when we were done, they actually started yelling at me and saying that accommodations for time blindness doesn't exist. And if you struggle with being on time, you'll never be able to get a job. You know, provided you're trying your absolute Your friend is right. And then they're like, your stupid generation wants to destroy the workplace. Your friend is right. And yeah, I think that a culture where workers are just cut off because they struggle with being on time when there's other solutions that we can look to. I think that just anybody who thinks it's okay to just treat Such people like as that. Yeah, that culture needs to be dismantled. And then I ask that person, how can you feel good about yourself upholding this kind of system? Because I get up on time. And to think I'm entitled. No, if people think it's okay to treat others like this, uh, that's entitlement. <laughs> I'm entitled because I show up when I say I'm going to and... <laughs> I value my word. I value my word. I, I'm i the type of person. I feel like. If I was the employer doing the interview and she I came mean, in. No, you look like an idiot. <laughs> if she came in talking about time blindness or whatever, I would hire her. Only so I could troll the snot out of her for the rest of her career at my under my employment. <laughs> I didn't get my paycheck this week. Oh, sorry. Time blindness hit me. I must have forgot to submit it on time. <laughs> you know, I forgot what time it was. I'm sorry. It's like, oh, you yeah. didn't show up for three days, Karen. <laughs> See how long it takes for her to just quit after not getting paid. <laughs> oh, God. What a stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. <laughs> So let me get this straight. This, you know, this young person in an interview said, hey, do you have an accommodations for those that are time blinded? And I'm sure the employer is like, what the heck is that? It's like, well, there are people who don't know how to show up on time or whatever, Uh you know, however they spin it. It's like, no. And then she got offended because they weren't accommodating to not, yeah, I'm willing we to don't bet. A, we don't accommodate for things that don't exist. You don't have time blindness. You're a lazy asshole. Yeah, I'm willing to bet, though, that she gets rather upset when she goes to Starbucks to get her latte, whatever, and they don't open right at 6 a.m. Yeah. To give her her latte. Well, something tells me she doesn't wake up at 6 a.m., but yeah. There's I'm that. sure there, we could come up with another example. <laughs> According to the Cleveland Clinic... The Cleveland Clinic. Time blindness refers to the inability to recognize when time has passed or to estimate how long something will take. Unbelievable. That's why they invented the watch, you dumbass. We have this thing called an alarm. (laughs) You literally have an item that you filmed that dumbass video on (laughs) that will tell you when it's time to do something. 
whenever you want. Whenever you want it to. <laughs> Even when you're not looking for the time, it'll show you the it time. It'll show you the time. <laughs> it will. And and you can go in and you can set it to wake your ass up in time to get to work. <laughs> you can also know that when the sun is up, it's probably about morning. <laughs> At least. <laughs> and when your shadow is smallest, it's probably about time to eat lunch. <laughs> when it's dark, <laughs> it's nighttime. And you go sleepy sleeps. <laughs> Dr. Mano says time blindness isn't a diagnosis or a specific symptom. It's more just a general way of talking about the phenomenon of losing track of time. <laughs> and it can be more extreme for some people. Everybody has time blindness at times, Dr. Mano says. We all get caught up in something and get in and get in the zone. Some people with ADHD, though, are more prone to having difficulty being able to judge how long something will take to do or to lose track of time. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. <clears throat> or, you know, it's just life. Sorry, I lost track of time. Oh, you're time blind. No, I lost track of time. I was busy doing things. I love how the majority of the comments on her stuff are, isn't that what an alarm is for? (laughs) And it's one of those videos where I first saw it and I thought, somebody's trolling. I know. She's either really good at faking it or she really is that dumb. We're at that stage in life where parody and real life are neck and neck with each other. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Babylon B couldn't make satire. It's true. It's true. As just ridiculous as that is. Yeah. I mean, apparently it's a, like, ha! it's a more common symptom of, like, ADHD and ADD. <laughs> so, but... Tips for overcoming time blindness, according to the Cleveland Clinic. Number one, set a timer on your phone or another device to alert you when it's time to move on. I do that all the time. (laughs) Keep a calendar. (laughs) It's literally what everyone does. Number one, use the alarm system on your phone. Uh, that could not have played out any better. Thank you, Cleveland Clinic, for the humor. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Do you hear that? That's the sound of forgiveness. That's the sound of people drowning, Carl. That is what forgiveness sounds like. <clears throat> Screaming and then silence. <laughs> that has been a hot mic. You know what I hate about being right? Is when I'm right six months before other people will admit that I'm right. Uh, really All right, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do it, and you, you can't, can't make, make me. me. That's true. That's true. <laughs> the Bay Tree Pact. All right, Mr. Keith, we'll hand it over to you as soon as. We embarrass you first. Oh, yeah, my intro. I'm starting to hate my intro, but go ahead. It's okay. It wears on you.
It's all right. <laughs> at I'm least, sure, yeah, I'm at sure least it isn't around. grainy like mine is. Yeah, you, you don't have uh, um, Paris Hilton in the background saying that's hot over and over again. So there's that. <laughs> no, I know what sound effect you're going to use. However, don't do it. <laughs> When something doesn't work, you need to keep doing it harder and with more intensity. That's what I've learned. Saying, yeah, That's what she said. Of me, ah. You bought my plushie. You got sidetracked by the satanic temple. Holy bananas. <laughs> that's bananas, you guys. So that's how I learned eggnog is alcoholic. Did I say a dirty joke without realizing it? I would like to be surprised. <laughs> this is me trying to be surprised. <laughs> you laugh, but you bought my plushie. <laughs> you laugh, but you bought my plushie. <laughs> We I should get a little Keith plushie. I don't, I don't even remember what the context of that was. Doesn't matter. Nobody does. That's <laughs> fine. That is fine the way it is. Okay, so some good news um, that happened this month. Um, affirmative action got overturned. That is dead now. And everybody that uh, got success from affirmative action is yelling against it. I mean, who were the people that found success from affirmative action? <laughs> Vice president. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the, the results of that. What's her face on the Supreme Court? Yeah, um, Judge Jackson. And, uh, yeah, Judge Jackson. We will we will actually read some of her uh, legal opinions. Oh, good. Here. Good. So you're going to love it. Her long-winded legal um, opinions. <clears throat> so originally I was going to put, so I'm actually not, this big of a fan of John Stossel, but he does such a good job of like taking issues and putting, putting them simply, you know, that, um, I'm, I'm going to start with another John Stossel video. So I love John Stossel. Yeah. I always have. He does a little metaphor, um, to address the concept of affirmative action that has been going on for what? I actually don't know. 30, 30 years or something like that something anyway so affirmative action it's basically where you uh use race to determine admissions into college um so as you might imagine um you know there are certain races that do not perform so well and so they get a leg up in admissions so they actually statistically they perform quite a bit worse than others asians perform the best in admissions uh, I, I mean, in like test scores and so forth. And so they actually have are discriminated against the worst so that Latinos and blacks can get a leg up, you know? Right. So anyway, John Stossel, he has a little metaphor for us. Uh, go ahead and play the video there, Trevor. And it goes a little something like, like, why isn't it showing up on the other screen? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Did I got this. Do? Wait, what I got screen this. do you need it to show up I, on? I got this. I need it to show up on the screen that's recording. Oh, that's a good reason. That's a good reason. If I can just, if I can just do that and do that there. Now it shows up properly on there and. There. Cupcakes for sale. This week in a Manhattan mall, I held a bake sale, a racist bake sale. We have different prices here. If you're Asian, a buck fifty. <laughs> if you're white, a buck. If you're Latino or black, fifty cents. That's like not right. You got to be on your goddamn mind. <laughs> <laughs> 
is the cupcake poison? Copy <laughs> <laughs> what some students had done. They call it an affirmative action bake sale. Why does that have to be shut down? Here at Bucknell University, the administrators shut the bake sale down. The students' conservative club said they just wanted to notice it's a, a couple of white guys shutting down the affirmative action. Of course, sale. make it harder for Asians to get admitted, but easier for blacks and Latinos. But before much conversation started, they were shut down. So I ran the bake sale so we could see what kind of discussion the Bucknell students missed. But I'm trying to make amends for racism. And ah! punish the Asians because they have an advantage. They have such high ah. SAT scores. No, that's not true. Because I have a, I had an Asian student in my class that was dumb. That was <laughs> <laughs> stereotyping. It is stereotyping. That's not right. Affirmative action is supposed to help minorities that have been discriminated against. But Latinos and blacks who saw my sign didn't like it. That, that makes me feel bad because I'm both Latino and black. Should should I not do this because it might hurt people's feelings? Not only it should hurt people's feelings, but it's just like out of sense of respect. It's very hurtful. It's very demeaning. And America has been a bastion of free speech. Um, okay, well, for a few jump to like five on nine. Media, especially ABC five News. Right. No, actually, they were pretty good. Here we go. How to run yours? And the comments were interesting. At first, people called me. <coughs> Racist. What is funny to you about people who are less privileged? But then some people defended me. Now you're trying to make a point, right? Right. So sometimes you got to do things like that to make a point. It's not racist. And people started to think about what affirmative action means. No race of people is worth more than another. Or less. Well, isn't, do you believe in affirmative action in colleges? I used to, but I really don't think that it helps. <laughs> I did until I saw your sign. Equality <laughs> means no affirmative action. Everybody should be treated equally. No matter what race you come from, everybody should get equal the same. You better have given those kids cupcakes. So I found that interesting. People went from belligerence to a real conversation, and I guess that's your point. On every major issue that America faces today, I've seen students get in trouble for being on the wrong side of that argument. And you can't have a meaningful dialogue if people have to fear punishment for having, the, having an opposite opinion. And these bake sales have been shut down not just at your school, but at UCLA, William & Mary, UC Irvine. Yep. Most schools these days do allow them. They yes. wised up. Yeah, uh, since, uh, they, they started back in 2003, and the first six that, they, uh, that, that were held, um, universities found all these different excuses for shutting them down, basically coming down to the fact they didn't like the message. Um, and these, <laughs> there, there's been at least three dozen of these protests, and I think actually many, many more o over the years. Um, but Bucknell is, is just standing firm. That kind of like the, well, the Bucknell just last night sent me an email. State and federal laws prohibit discrimination. Yeah. The university believes in upholding the law. There's no just kidding clause mm -hmm. in the law. <laughs> just <laughs> kidding clause. It's right after the good and plenty clause. Yeah, I, I, and I, I love this argument that Bucknell's standing by because um, it, it's clearly a symbolic protest. There's no, Nobody denies that. And there are these things called wonder gap, uh, uh, gender gap bake sales across the country <laughs> where wonder um, gap? women get charged less than men to protest the, uh, the, 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 the gap in pay between men so and women. So a feminist group complaining about the so-called okay. pay yeah. gap yep. Which is not real. Thing. And they never get shut down. Is it just conservatives who get shut up? You know, definitely you are much more likely to get in trouble if you have a socially conservative point of view on All campus. Right, I think that's in my it. experience, <laughs> and fire has come to the defense of... Anyway. Stop <laughs> making sense of things. Anyway, so <clears throat> um, what I find so interesting about that video... So that's uh, affirmative action in a nutshell. 
um, like they're treating different races differently to like, um, I guess amend for the past, I guess, uh, huh. <clears throat> atone for the past <clears throat> and making like the present generations pay for it, I guess. But what I find so interesting about that video is the minorities who were saying that he should be shut down and what he's doing. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not till the end of the video. I was just getting it ready. Um, That's not till the end of the segment. Um, The minorities that were offended by his bake sale, like they were offended. Uh Uh-huh. What, like, shouldn't they feel empowered according to the universities? Why do you think they were offended? Yeah, according to university logic, they should have been super excited. Well, pff, I'm buying three cupcakes because it's only fifty. Yeah, cents it's only it's only fifty cents. I can <laughs> buy I can buy three cupcakes for the price of one Asian student's uh-huh. price of one. You know, so why why would because like they're um, they're giving them a gift, right? Like, uh-huh. you know, why why were they so offended? <laughs> this reminds me of the it's a misunderstanding of value, much like the three fifths clause in the Constitution of misunderstanding the value that is placed on the individuals. Right. Because it should be, you know, all things equal. Well, the three-fifths clause. Yes, the three-fifths clause was to make sure that slavery would end. Yeah. Because they tried to, like... Otherwise, the South would have all the power because they wanted to count the slaves as people. Which basically means that the slave owner, like, literally, the slave owners would have the political power because it was just in the census. It wasn't uh-huh. in voting. Yeah, they... So yeah. the people with the voters had... the With the votes had the actual power, but they would get the representation of their slaves as well. Yes. And so it's basically multiplying their, uh, their political power, which that would have enshrined slavery had we not done the three-fifths and it, clause. It was right after they finished arguing about whether or not slavery should be done away and... Um, they just made the argument that, well, the slaves are our property. We have a right to property. And then they turn around, okay, well, let's go to... Now we need representation. Representation. Yes, yeah, so we have all these slaves that need represented. No, da, 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 da. Property no, doesn't represent count. represent my interests. <laughs> they'll represent my interests, not the interests yeah. of their own, because they, they still, we still don't want them to have the power to vote, but we do want them to have the representation according to what we think they should be re- represented by. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I agree. That's a, that's a very aptly misunderstood uh, historical point there. Anyway, <clears throat> so yeah, aff- affirmative action um, was uh, basically overturned in the Supreme Court this month. Um, it's been in place for decades and even on their own terms it has failed to equalize disparity the poverty rate among those disprivileged classes that affirmative action has sought to help has remained unchanged not only that but if someone is admitted to a highly rigorous academic institution without the ability to perform well there their odds of dropping out increases substantially so you probably would be better off going to a less prestigious college than one of the um, prestigious colleges that are like eager to discriminate in right. your favor. Um, <clears throat> and honestly, this is probably true for any average student at Harvard or any Ivy league, by the way, because when you go to an Ivy league school, if you're not as like, if you're one of the lowest performing students, um, you're actually much more likely to drop out. So you would have been better off, um, like, going to a smaller tier school. Cause if you go to Harvard law to become a lawyer, but you're like the bottom 
5% or something of the class, of course your odds of dropping out are pretty high. Uh But if you went to an average school and you were in the top 50%, then if you saw... If you went to law school to become a lawyer, you're much more likely to accomplish that goal by going to an average law school than going to Harvard Law and being one of the bottom students. Right. So even on their own terms, um, affirmative action has failed to do anything, really. Like it's failed (laughs) to um, do anything noticeable to the poverty rate, and it's actually making people less likely to have uh, like the careers that they dreamed of for getting into these colleges. Um, so apparently a black law school grad are four times as likely to fail the bar exam as white college grads. Science and engineering students are twice as likely to drop out. This is as of 2012. And this is according to, um, Richard uh, Stoddard, I believe, um, in the Atlantic in 2012. And also apparently according to that half of black students, we're in the bottom 20% of their colleges and bottom 10% in law school. So half are in the bottom 20% in colleges in general and the bottom 10% in law school. Well, that's because of the racist expectations. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> I've heard that. that no, that's it. Um, so we need to lower expectations. No, I believe that um, <laughs> I think it was California, actually. We were making fun of California early, earlier, but... Um, I believe that affirmative action was actually banned in California. I think it was California. And so what they ended up doing is they ended up uh, just banning testing. Like, no, we're banning testing because, you know, it's racist yeah. <laughs> or whatever. So they got rid of the standards so they could discriminate and anyway. Wor- and it's worked out so well for them. Yeah. Um, I think that was just a time. Like, that was a for a time it was banned in California. I think mm-hmm. it did come back. But now it's gone again. So yay. <laughs> <laughs> we brought it back. You can't have it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's the ruling. I'm actually going to read um, straight from the decision. Um, so the main opinion was written by Roberts, um, but Justice Thomas just gives a mm, immaculate concurrence. A chef's kiss. Yeah. Um, and then we'll go into uh, Judge Jackson, who ironically was the... <laughs> the affirmative action appointee. Yeah, yeah, he said it. I didn't say it. <laughs> It's what Joe Biden said he was going to do. Uh, <laughs> and she she just gives a total garbage opinion. Like it's it's quite remarkable. Like when I when I was reading through the case itself, you know, like even Roberts, he like it's a, it's actually a pretty well-written opinion in my opinion. As squishy as I think Roberts is, I think his opinion um, is pretty well-reasoned, but right. Thomas's concurrence is majestic. Majestic. <laughs> well, it's Clarence Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, Clarence I'm a big Thomas fan. word of the day, wrath. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> um, so let's read straight from Robert's opinion. Um, I generally like his opinion. Once again, um, I do think he's squishy, but good opinion for the most part. Um, so this is Roberts. He says, eliminating racial discriminations means eliminating all of it. Accordingly, the court has held that the equal pl- protection clause applies without regard to any differences of race, of race, of color, of ne- or nationality. It is universal in its applications. For the guarantee of equal protection cannot mean one thing when it is applied to one individual and something else when applied to a person of another color. Any exceptions to the equal protections clause guarantee must survive the daunting two-step examination 
known as strict scrutiny. Um, and then he sorts cites another court case, Andard versus Pena, which asks first whether the racial classification is used to further compelling government interests. 20 years have passed since Grutter with no end to race-based college admissions in sight, but the court has permitted race-based college admissions only within the con within the confines of narrow restrictions. Such admissions programs must comply with strict scrutiny may, may never use race as a stereotype or negative and must at some point end. Um, Respondents admissions systems fail each of these criteria and must therefore be invalidated under the equal protection clause of the 14th amendment. Second respondents admission admissions program fail to articulate meaningful connection between the means they employ and the goals they pursue to achieve the educational benefits of diversity. Respondents measure the racial composition of their classes using racial categories that are plainly overbroad, expressing, for example, no concern whether South Asian or East Asian student students are adequately represented as Asian arbitrarily or, um, or undefined the use of, of the category Hispanic or under-inclusive, no category at all for Middle Eastern students. The unclear connection between the goals that respondents um, respondents seek and the means they employ preclude courts from meaningfully scrutinize respondents' admission programs. The university's main response to these criticisms is trust us. <laughs> trust us. So again, that's, that's some good stuff. Apparently the... So, probably the most difficult part of reading through the case itself is the justices keep referring to other cases yes. as established law, which is why I think it would be absolutely exhausting to be a Supreme court justice. Cause you have to know everything. <laughs> I would love, I would love for justices to go back to, uh, no, you can't have that because it says right here, constitution that <clears throat> what about case law? Constitution says that. Yeah. <laughs> So again, the the equal protection clause it basically says that you can't use race to discriminate against individuals. That's basically what the equal protection clause says. But there were some court cases that uh, Roberts referred to uh, that basically says that you need to have a compelling interest. Um, <clears throat> I the wording is compelling governmental interest, um, which he referred to in Grutter v. Bollinger. But the problem with that case, Grutter v. Bollinger, is that it, the compelling government interest was never really defined. <laughs> so the logic is because whatever the heck it is that affirmative action is trying to achieve, so what Roberts is saying, it hasn't achieved or even made progress towards it, largely because it is not defined. It is representative, like, is it representative of the general population? And even if it was, what would that achieve? Uh-huh. So <clears throat> clearly the universities are playing for favorites and without any criteria. And because the universities are using their racial preferences to treat races different differently, it violates the 14th amendments without achieving any set goal or even making any measurable progress towards it. It's essentially they're saying is this is legal racism, which is bad. Yeah. So <laughs> what Roberts is saying is like, okay, so we have the equal protection clause, which means you can't discriminate. There were um, like supplemental court cases that say, okay, in very narrow circumstances, you can for a compelling government interest. 
but if you look at any criteria, they failed to do so. And if you try to bring up like, okay, what, what interests are you trying to like, uh, promote here? Uh huh. Like they're like, Oh, don't worry about that. We'll just, you know, we're, we're, we're doing it for the public good. Trust us. We're fine. Right. Cause don't ask questions. They might, they might say something like <sighs> we're just trying to get equal representation of all the races. Yeah, and what does that even mean? And the, all the categories yeah. are so, I mean, Roberts addresses that like Hispanic people. Well, what about Venezuelan people? What about, yeah. I don't so, know. The so for example, if they were, if universities were actually trying to get an equal representation of the races in their schools, um, if you go to Utah State University as a white person, you are a minority in that school because it's mostly not white people in the school. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> because they use the affirmative action stuff to justify letting the Asian kids or the black kids or the uh, Native American kids or the uh, Indian kids in and excluding the white kids so they can say, hey, we're meeting these diversity quotas while not actually being diverse yeah and like what does that even accomplish like even if you had the diversity quotas and how do you even like how do you even define the categories i don't care what race ethnicity whatever you are as an engineer i care that the bridge i'm about to drive across is going to stay standing as i drive across the bridge yeah that's all i care about i don't care what you look like yeah <laughs> okay <clears throat> so moving on here's my favorite paragraph by Roberts. Once again, the entire opinion, including all the concurrences and dissents and such is 250 pages long. Um, so 249 of those are Kentucky Brown Jackson's no, dissent and then one no. page. Her, her, her <laughs> dissent was actually surprisingly short. As ah, you would imagine ah. again, it's, <coughs> she was bitter. She lost. Yeah, it was a, anyway, I, I describe it as a sophomoric college essay that she should have gotten a C minus on. <laughs> she didn't have any actual premise for her argument. Yeah, I'll, I'll get into that. Yeah. <clears throat> so here's my favorite paragraph by Roberts. He says, most troubling of all is what the dissent. Um, so uh, hold on. Um, th this is really interesting about this court case. I've never seen a court case like structured in this way, but like the, the opinion and the concurrence are like, pre-budding the dissent, which comes later in the opinion. I, f I find that very interesting. And the, um, <clears throat> it, it happens. The dissents, not very common. Yeah. The yeah. dissents don't actually address, uh, like their rebuttals. Does that make sense? Yes. Like they do address the main opinion generally, but they don't like rebut the rebuttals. Right. So anyway, interesting. I've never, I've never seen that when actually looking at the text of a court case, but anyway, <clears throat> Once again, this is my favorite paragraph by Roberts. So most troubling of all is what the dissent must make uh, theomissions to defend a judiciary that picks winners and losers based on the color of their skin. While the dissent would certainly not permit university programs that discriminate against black and Latino applicants, it is perfectly willing to let programs here continue. In its view, this court is supposed to tell state actors when they have picked the right races to benefit. Separate but equal is inherently unequal, said Brown. Uh, I believe he's talking about... Uh, actually, I'm not sure who's quoting there. <laughs> yeah. um, but it depends, says the dissent. 
This is a remarkable view of the judicial role, remarkably wrong, lost in the false pretense of judicial humility that the dissent espouses is claimed to power so radical, so destructive that it required a second founding to undo. So basically here, if you're saying that you are in favor of discriminating for the sake of past discrimination, it means you're on the side of racial discrimination. The view of the left court. So again, this is me. This is me giving commentary here. Um, the view of the leftist court and the whole left apparently is to get justice for past discrimination. We need more racial discrimination. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is called being anti-racist. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, it's it's just remarkable the 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 leftist opinion here. Um, so that's just some great stuff from Roberts. Um, let's get some more of that. Justice Roberts, let's, uh, <laughs> um, let's take an end to some of your squishiness, but let's nerd out to justice Clarence Thomas, which is my <laughs> favorite justice. And it's because he is such a clear thinker and he writes very persuasively. So let's nerd out to, um, his opinion. So this will require quite a bit of reading, but I think it's worth it. Um, Okay, Justice Clarence Thomas says, in the wake of the Civil War, the country focused its attention on restoring the Union and establishing the um, legislation of a new freed slaves. The Constitution was amended to abolish slavery and proclaim that all persons born in the United States are citizens entitled to the privileges or immunities of citizenship and the equal protection of the laws. Because of that second founding, our constitution is colorblind and neither uh, knows nor tolerates classes among citizens. Uh, The court's commitment to that equality principle has, has has ebbed and flowed over time. After forsaking the principle for decades, offering a judicial... um, Man, he uses big words. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, Imprim- yeah, Clarence Thomas. Imprimatur to segregation. And ushering in the Jim Crow era, the court finally corrected course in Brown versus Board of Education, announcing that primary schools must either dis- desegregate with all deliberate speeds with all deliberate speed or else close their doors. Um, then it pulled back in Grutter versus uh, Bollinger which I believe that's the one uh, where it has a, needs a compelling government interest. Uh Uh, U.S. permitting universities to discriminate based on race in their admissions process, though only temporarily. I believe it said that in the case that like, it it says something like that in the case that in the future we may change our minds. (laughs) All right, you can be racist for a couple of years. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But they were saying that in, you need to like you can be racist for a little while to com- like promote some kind of interest, but then we need to see the results of that interest. I believe it says that in the um, the right Bollinger they, case. They, they basically came to the court and said, "Hey, more more black people or whatever would get higher education if it was easier for them to get into college." Yeah, and that okay, prove it. Basically, is what the yeah. court said. A- again, it said that <laughs> in the case. So again. Um, again, he's uh, referring to Greta V. Bollinger, 
permitting universities to discriminate based on race in their admissions process, though only temporarily, in order to achieve alleged educational benefits of diversity, which was never defined. Um, yet the Constitution continues to embody a simple truth. Two discriminatory wrongs cannot make a right. I love that. That is so powerful. I, I love how often Clarence Thomas, in his opinions, just slaps down a whole string of history to get to where they're at. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> this is how it started. This is how all you fools messed up along the way. <laughs> Uh, this it. is this is us geeking out to Clarence Thomas. Yeah, I love it. Okay, continuing Clarence Thomas's concurrence. <clears throat> In the 1860s, Congress proposed, and the states ratified the 13th and 14th Amendments, and with the authority conferred by these amendments, Congress passed two landmark civil rights acts. Um, throughout the debates of each of these measures, their proponents repeatedly aff uh, affirmed their view of equal citizenship and the racial equality that flows from it. In fact, they held this principle so deeply that their crowning accomplishment, the 14th Amendment, ensures racial equality with no textual reference to race whatsoever. The history of these measures <coughs> enactment renders their motivating principles as clear as their text. All citizens of the United States, regardless of race, skin color, are equal before the law. Moving on. Again, that's, that, is, that is so powerful here. <laughs> um, despite the extensive evidence favoring the colorblind view as detailed above, it appears increasingly to vogue tomberance. Oh, my gosh. These words are so big. <laughs> and anti subordination oh anti-subordination view of the 14th amendment that the amendment forbids only laws that hurt but not help blacks such as a theory lacks any basis in the original meaning of the 14th amendment so in other words he's kind of throwing down on his opposition there uh -huh. that they're trying to like the um the 14th amendment and that whole era which is which is law uh -huh. is trying to be interpreted by uh, proponents of affirmative actions, to put it kindly, um, that no, 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 the 14th Amendment means that we can discriminate as long as it just helps certain races. Right. Wink, wink, wink. <laughs> you know, so as long as it helps, like, justify. And Clarence Thomas is saying, no, it does not say that. So by letting this continue, I would be going against the law of the land, which is... Um, which is exactly counter to what my job is as a justice uh -huh. because his <laughs> says right here, all are created equal. So that doesn't mean above or below. That means e equal. Yeah. But what if they need help equal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So once again, his last, his last sentence there. Um, oh, I'm actually not sure I read this. Uh, at, at, the, uh, at the risk of repeating myself, uh, moving on here. Despite the extensive evidence favoring the colorblind view, as detailed above, he's talking about in law, uh -huh. as detailed above, it appears increasingly in vogue tomberance and anti-subordination view of the 14th Amendment, that the amendment forbids only, law, only laws that hurt but not help blacks. Such a theory lacks any basis in the original meaning of the 14th Amendment. With Oh, gosh darn it. Um, he lost with it. The, yeah, it, I, it went to a different page. I hit like hit something in it anyway. 
Um, Without such guardrails, the 14th Amendment would become self-defeating, promising a nation based on the equality ideal, but yielding a quota and caste-ridden society steeped in race-based discrimination. Oh my gosh, do you know what he's saying there? (laughs) He's basically saying if you have racial quotas, which is what affirmative action means, is that what that's saying is that, yeah, you hold like racial equality or whatever as an ideal. But in order to achieve that ideal for every individual, you must racially discriminate against every individual to achieve that uh, ideal. And that is a remarkable view Uh that he's saying, yeah, I can understand why you might hold this ideal, but this is not the means to get there. It cannot be. It's not an ideal ideal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Moving on. Justice Jackson, he calls her out by name. I love it. (laughs) Has a different view rather than focusing on individuals as individual as individuals, her dissent focuses on the historical subjugation of black Americans invoking statistical racial gaps to argue in favor of defining and categorizing individuals by their race, which is kind of, you know, racist. Just a little bit. <laughs> As she sees things, we are in ex- um, inexorably trapped in a fundamental fundamentally racist society with the original sin of slavery and historical subjugation of black Americans still determining our lives today. It's, it's even better because he's black. <laughs> I know he actually, <laughs> he grew up in, Oh, I, I don't recall how old he is, but he like, he grew up when the civil rights uh, movement hadn't actually made any gains. So he's actually experienced uh-huh. Like, and Joe Biden did everything he could to make sure he wasn't on the court. That's true. Yeah. The, <laughs> um, when he was senator. Yeah, during the, the hearings or yeah. whatever, the the bogus uh, accusations. Basically, it was like Kavanaugh all over again. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, she counsels she counsels is to unquestionably accede to the view of elite experts um, expert sand reallocate society's ritual riches by racial means as necessary to level the playing field as judged by racial metrics. I strongly disagree. <laughs> Yet justice Jackson would replace the second founders vision. So again, that's the 14th and 15th amendment in the constitution. That's what he's uh-huh. talking to when he's referring to the second founder founder founding rather. Um, yeah, justice Jackson would replace the second founders vision with an organizing principle based on race. In fact, on her view, almost all of life, life's outcomes may be unhesitatingly ascribed to race. This is so she writes because of statistical disparities among different racial groups, even if some whites have a lower household net worth than some blacks. What matters to justice Jackson is that the average white household has more wealth than the average black household. This lore is not, and has never been true. Even (laughs) in the segregated South where I grew up, boom, (laughs) individual life experience. He's he's like throwing the basis of Jackson's opinion right back at her. I love it. By the way, I've lived what you're trying to argue with and no, 
Yeah, like Justice <laughs> Jackson, we'll get into her opinion in a moment, but like she talks about like lived experience as a main basis, uh-huh. like just general, you know, she might, anyway, she might as well be referring to the force or something. <laughs> <laughs> the force. Midichlorians. It's racism. It surrounds us. <laughs> it's it's all around us. Powers penetrates life. us even. It <laughs> penetrates us. <laughs> it's horrible. Not a good to... enough reason to use the word penetrate. <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to look up the actual Emperor Empire Strikes Back quote and see if we can apply it to racism. That'd be pretty funny. <clears throat> All right. Not trying to not get sidetracked too much here. Um this lore is not and has never been true. Even in the segregated South where I do, grew up, individuals were not the sum of their skin color. Then, as of now, not all disparities are based on race. Not all people are racist, and not all differences between individuals are ascribed to race. Put simply, the fate of abstract categories of wealth statistics is not the same as the fate given of a given set of flesh and blood human beings. He's quoting Thomas Sowell, by the way. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Worse still, Justice Jackson uses her broad observations about statistical relationships between race and select measures of health, wealth, and well-being to label all black victims as or all blacks as victims. Her desire to do so is unfathomable to me. I cannot deny the great accomplishments of black Americans, including those who dis- who succeeded despite long odds. Nor do Justin Jackson's statistics um, regarding the correlation between the levels of health, wealth, and well-being um, between selected racial groups prove anything. Of course, not none of those statistics are capable of drawing a, a causal links between race rather than socioeconomic status or any other factors on and individual outcomes. So in other words, he's basically saying the statistics of disparities that Jackson... Justice Jackson cites, which some of them are wrong, by the way, they do not prove anything <laughs> because like you can disprove them with counter examples. Cause like she does point out, um, she does point out, uh, racial discrim- uh, disparities, you know, like the average black household has a lower net worth or whatever, you know, therefore racism, but you can disprove that with counterexample because if you say something like, oh, there are more uh, black inmates than any other race in prisons, therefore racism. Okay, there are more men in prisons than women. Therefore, sex- therefore sexism? <laughs> no, that doesn't make sense. No, that's not her view. That's different. So anyway. <clears throat> so um, he's basically saying that the basis of her opinions, like the evidence that she supports, do not prove anything. Because she is assuming that there is one cause of the disparities and only one cause, and that's racism. In and the that most, is not true. In the most eloquent way he knows how, her argument is f- full of it. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I, <laughs> I'm tempted, like, anyway, we will actually read from Justin J- Jackson's opinion here um, right after we've thoroughly b- debunked it. Um, <clears throat> moving on here. Um if an applicant has medical has medical struggles or a family member with medical concerns, a university may consider that too. What it cannot do is use the applicant's skin color as a heuristic 
um, assuming that because the applicant checks the box for black, he therefore conforms to the university's monolithic and reductionist view of the ab- ab- of the abstract black person. Anyway, that is a remarkable uh, statement by Thomas Sowell there. Uh-huh. He's basically saying that by using, by, uh, by discriminating based off of rate, that is definitionally uh, prejudice because like if you're black, the university has a picture of what a black person is like and they've put you into that box by uh, mm-hmm. making those assumptions. That's literally the definition of prejudice. <clears throat> prejudice means prejudging. So they are the universities are prejudging or are prejudiced against this black um, person because they assume that he fits in this little box that they've preconceived, right? And so that's that's a remarkable um, like um, point made by uh, uh, Justice Thomas there. <clears throat> anyway, moving on. <clears throat> Accordingly, J- Justice Jackson's race-infused worldview falls flat at each step. Individuals are the sum of their unique experiences, challenges, and accomplishments. What matters is not the barriers they face, but how they choose to confront them. And their race is not to blame for everything, good or bad, that happens in their lives. Uh, A contrary, myopic worldview based on an individual's skin color to the total exclusion of their personal choices is nothing short of racial determinism. Boom. (laughs) <laughs> which by the way that's exactly what the kkk believes it's only exactly that because again um what what justin jackson appears to be saying is that oh your your race determines your destiny basically and that's exactly what the kkk believes they uh-huh. believe that they are fundamentally inferior and what justice jackson is saying is that they fundamentally need a leg up because reasons <laughs> saying exactly the same thing, just saying just, it in an opposite yeah. way. <laughs> so that's remarkable. Black people aren't worthless. They just need some help. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> this this guy's saying that they're not helpless and they can do yeah. anything they put their minds to. Well, that's racist. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, moving on. Once again, I really tried to pick out the highlights, but... <laughs> Like, this whole thing is our highlights, so this is all good stuff. All right, moving on with um, the concurrence. Unsurprisingly, this tried-and-failed system defies both law and reason. Start with the obvious. If social reorganization in the name of equality may be justified by the mere fact of statistical disparities among racial groups, then then that reorganization must continue until these disparities are fully eliminated, regardless of the reasons for the disparities and the cost of their elimination. If blacks fail a test at higher rates than their white counterparts, regardless of whether the reason for the disparity has anything at all to do with race, the only solution will be race-focused measures. If those measures were to result in blacks failing yet at higher rates, the only solution would be to double down. In fact, there would seem to be no logical limit to what the government may do to level the racial playing field outright. Or, uh, sorry, um, there would be no logical limit to what the government may do to the to level the racial playing field. Out, outright wealth transfers, quota systems, and racial preferences would all seem permissible in such a system. It would not matter how many 
innocents suffer race-based injuries, all that would matter is reaching the race-based goal. It's, it's just communism. <laughs> hey. Spoilers. <laughs> Basically, what Thomas... You're not Sol- supposed to give away the ending. <laughs> I'm sorry. Basically, what Thomas is saying that to achieve racial equality, as we said before, discrimination to reverse racism fails on its own terms. We need to radically discriminate all individuals until the end of time because they don't have a metric for victory or when equality would be achieved. And so basically, if like discrimination on the basis of your skin color is such a bad thing for the on the individual level then it shouldn't be done at the individual level, even if you're trying to achieve some kind of racial quota. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, all right, moving on. Um, we're getting uh, close to the end here of Thomas's concurrence anyway. <clears throat> um, he, he continues. In fact, um, metocratic systems... Um, have long refuted bigoted misrepresentations of what black students can accomplish. I have always viewed higher education's purpose as imparting knowledge and skills to students rather than a communal rebel stamp credentialing process. Um, oh, that it, yeah, that, it, that was his last paragraph there. So again, basically what he's saying is if we use a merit system, rather than some kind of a racial quota system that will dis- dispute all the racial prejudices that we've had because uh-huh. blacks are capable of um, competing hey, and they need you, to believe that they can. If you want to be a doctor, you have to get 98% on your doctor exam. Well, that's racist. Uh, if your hands are going to be inside my gut trying to save my life, I kind of want to be sure. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I actually didn't, um, uh, cover this part of Thomas's soul's opinion, but he also addresses the, uh, like the, if, if you have lower standards for, um, certain races that actually leads to more prejudice mm-hmm. because when you are credentialed, um, according to the universities, but you also know that certain races like have a lower standard if you have a doctor, for example, yes, you graduated from Harvard, but how did you get into Harvard? Yeah, yeah. they're like it's going to lead to more. Um, it's going to lead to more prejudice, like in the general population, because when a person um, goes to a black doctor, they're going to be like, "Whoa, are you a good doctor? I don't know you're a good doctor. You're probably at the bottom of your class, according to <laughs> you know, <laughs> according to statistics." And I also know that they lowered the standards so you could have that opportunity. And so people might think twice. And frankly, this is a completely rational point of view to have. Well, you, but you if you don't have affirmative actions, there's no reason to make that assumption. You know what they call a doctor that graduates last in their class? A doctor. A doctor. <laughs> <laughs> that's, anyway. That's, that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> C's get degrees. <laughs> It is true. <laughs> I've known many. Anyway, won't get into that. All right. So uh-huh. moving on, we're finally getting uh-huh. to <laughs> Justice Jackson's dissent, and it is just terrible. No, no, uh, she's she's highly qualified. I've been assured by 
Joe Biden himself that promised us that he's going to appoint a black female justice. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to read from her opinion. <clears throat> she says, she begins by saying, gulf size race-based gaps exist with respect to the health, wealth, and well-being of American citizens. They were created in the distant past but have been indisputably passed down to the present day through the generations. Every moment these gaps persist is a moment in which the great country falls short of actualizing um, one of its foundational principles, the self-evident truth that all of us are created equal. So hold on, pause. Are we supposed to just erase from memory that we had a black president of the United States? Yes, according to Justice Jackson, yeah. Okay. Because, like, no achievement like that is proof against racism, but all disparities are proof of racism, mm, according to her. Mm, mm. There okay. is no mending that can occur, but there is separating that can always occur. Yeah, totally. Okay. Anyway, <clears throat> so, again, that first paragraph, she starts by establishing that the defense disparity of outcome is evidence of racism, which is just nonsense, as Clarence Tom Thomas so um, uh, persuasively demonstrated. Um, so again, as I mentioned, this, <laughs> I just uh, realized something. What? Yeah. <laughs> you have Katanji Brown Jackson giving the dissent and Clarice Thomas giving the concurring yep. uh, thing. You have black and black Supreme court. They're both basically equal justices in the Supreme court. Okay. <clears throat> um, Thomas has seniority, of course, but <clears throat> their their opinions count the same on the Supreme Court. Yes. One is saying, hey, if you work hard, you can achieve what I have, basically. Yeah. The other one is saying, if you work hard, you will never achieve what I have. Yeah. As she sits there with what on she has. On the Supreme Court. <laughs> Trying to point to the other guy saying what he's saying is wrong and what I'm saying is right, but you're both on the Supreme Court. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I'm I'm going to keep reading. I'm gonna try not to interrupt her that much. Um but she anyway, let's just move on. <clears throat> she says with let them eat cake obliviousness today the majority pulls the ripcord and announces colorblindness for all by legal fiat and once again the court didn't decision didn't say that the 14th amendments decided that <laughs> like this is literally your job <laughs> so essentially she's advocating for the repealing of the 14th amendment that appears to be it because that's what the the 14th amendment which is part of the constitution which is literally her job uh-huh um, she's she's denying the validity of the 14th Amendment because that's what, as Clarence Thomas established, was established by the 14th Amendment. And she's saying, no, it was this decision, but really it was the 14th Amendment. Uh -huh. But deeming race irrelevant in law does not make it so in life. She acknowledged, she just acknowledged that it's illegal to discriminate in law. She's a justice. Her concern is for the law for crying out loud. <laughs> Her concern should be for 
for the law. Yeah. Yes. Okay. On to the next <laughs> sentence. And having so detached itself from the country's actual past and present experiences, the court has now been lured into inferring with the cru- uh, I'm sorry, interfering with the crucial work at the UNC and other institutions of higher learnings are doing to solve America's real world problems. Then Justice Jackson explained to me the progress that they've made. I thought you were going to try not to interrupt her. I know. I'm trying my best. Okay. I think I think I can get through this whole next paragraph. That's how they get you as they say the most absurd things to make you have to think about it. This is what she says. She says, no one benefits from ignorance. Thank you. A platitude. I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm okay. I won't. <laughs> yes, you will. Although formal race-linked legal barriers are gone. Once again, she acknowledges the legal barriers you, are gone. You have, I, there you go. I, you have no power here, Keith. <laughs> I am terrible at this. I, <laughs> have you made it more than a sentence yet? <laughs> I think I've made it. Uh, no, I got like the whole first paragraph. I out, punctuate without. her sentences with vehemence. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to repeat that paragraph here. No one benefits from ignorance. Although formal race le- linked legal barriers are gone, race still matters to the lived experiences of all Americans in innumerable ways. And today's ruling makes things worse, not better. The best that can be said of the majority's perspective is that it proceeds ostrich like, oh gosh, your metaphors. From the hope that preventing consideration of race will end racism. But if that is its motivation, the majority proceeds in vain. If the colleges of this country are required to ignore a thing that matters, it will not just go away. It will take longer for racism to leave us. And ultimately, ignoring race just makes it matter more. Okay. (laughs) Unloading here. (laughs) She fails to give any justification for why things are worse and not better and why it will take longer for racism to leave us and why ignoring ignoring race makes race matter more. Again, she's saying that by ignoring race, it'll take racism longer to leave us. Explain to me the great strides in progress the colleges have made by racially discriminating the last few decades. Uh, it's it's this right here. It's this. <sighs> this, this is what she's talking about. And Barack knows that we are going to have to make sacrifices. We are going to have to change our conversation. Uh, We're going to have to change our traditions, our history. We're going to have to move into a different place. We have to change our history. Change our language. (sighs) That's what she's talking about. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to continue. Are you sure you want to? Yes. Okay. 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 Thought I'd give you an out. (laughs) (sighs) She says, the only way out of this... I'm I'm not reading her a whole opinion, by the way. I'm pretty much just going to read this paragraph and call it good. Good. Um, She says, the only way out of this morass for all of us is to stare at racial disparity unblinkingly and then do what evidence and experts tell us is required to level the playing field and march forward together, collectively striving to achieve... True equality for all Americans. 
<laughs> need to stare it blankly in the eye. <laughs> Insert John Travolta looking around the room meme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, by leveling the playing field, she is simply suggesting that we need more racial discrimination with no limiting principle. If racial discrimination was bad for races and communities in the past, it's equally bad for the individuals she is advocating discriminating against in the present and future. And as I mentioned before, her theory also fails on his own terms. Even if you did give all the reparations according to her liking tomorrow, within a couple of years or a couple of weeks or whatever, things would be unequal again because of, you know, decisions. Uh-huh. So she's trying to imply that everyone's destiny is determined by race. And Justice Thomas said earlier, that is racial determinism. <clears throat> I cannot believe. So this is me talking. I can't believe that the leftist position is you need lowered standard because you just aren't capable of succeeding. Compare that to what I'm saying and what Jer Justice Clarence Thomas is saying, which is essentially you can do it no matter your race. So what I'm saying is that equality is an anti-choice and hence anti-freedom philosophy. You can't have equality when people are free to make choices. And so what does that make these so-called justices that dissented? It makes them communists. <laughs> it's always communism dressed up in a different costume because once again, you cannot have equality when people are, make, are free to make choices, which makes this whole equality thing an anti-freedom movement which is effectively communism. Roll the clip, please. Roll that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> <clears throat> and there it is. North Korea became how it is today. When Kim Il-sung came, he made one promise to North Korean people. I'm going to feed you rice and meat stew each meal. And I'm going to get rid of all the inequality. If I do that, why don't you give me all your land and all your rights? We wanted no inequality, so we gave our land, our rights to this one guy. He took everything from us. So whenever in America I came and people in Manhattan living in the best city in the world telling me passionately how America is so bad. So I asked them, so what is it so bad about America that you hate so much? And they say, you know what? We have inequality in this country. That's amazing thing that you can rise to <laughs> compared to other people. The enemy is of poverty, not inequality. Do you know how North Korea became how it is today? When Kim Il-sung came, he made one promise to North Korean people. Oh, I'm going to feed you yeah. rice. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so anyway... Effectively, what she's saying is that um, the North Korean dictator that took over the country uh -huh. promised the exact same thing. It's like, I'm going to get rid of inequality. Give me all your things. Make, allow me to be free to reallocate the resources, which is exactly what Judge Jackson is advocating for, is to trust discrimination to these elites and that we should blindly trust them. So that's how North Korea became what it is today is because they were fighting so-called equality. He only did exactly what every single dictator through history has done. Yeah. <clears throat> and so <laughs> why the heck is it always communism? Like this, this is the justice that the Democrats picked. 
Like she uh-huh. is going against what is established in the constitution. Um, because you're, you're, she's basically insane that you can discriminate against certain races, which is not what the established law <laughs> states. Nope. <clears throat> and so if you ask me, it's basically treasonous to, um, elect a justice that refuses to interpret the constitution as written. It's okay though. She doesn't know what a woman is. <laughs> She's not a biologist. <laughs> How could she know that? Anyway, <laughs> point is, it's apparently it's always communism. Like that. That this is the. These are the ideals that the Democrat Party establishes. This is the type of person they espoused for the Supreme Court of the land. And if this continues, like literally, if Hillary Clinton were had gotten elected in 2016, we would have a majority left as Supreme Court just like this. Just or just like Judge Jackson. Yeah, I mean, yeah probably. <clears throat> probably. Yeah. So, anyway, point is, that was a big win for the Supreme Court getting rid of affirmative action, but my goodness, it is fragile. <laughs> because, like, this is exhibit A of someone going against the Constitution in order to, uh, like, uh, advocate for their own agenda. The next, the uh, next election, the whoever's president for the next four years would most likely be replacing two Supreme Court justices. Yeah, one and of one of them is Clarence Thomas. One of them would be Clarence Thomas. Yeah, yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, that's no big deal. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong? The next election is a must-win. Absolutely. And that has been knowledge. Knowledge, Keith Knows. Speaking of the KKK. <laughs> no, I know what sound effect you're going to use. However. Don't do it. <laughs> when something doesn't work, you need to keep doing it harder and with more intensity. That's what I've learned saying, yeah, you disapprove of me, but you bought my plushie. Got sidetracked by the satanic temple. Holy bananas. <laughs> That's bananas, you guys. So that's how I learned eggnog is alcohol. Did I say a dirty joke without realizing it? I would like to be surprised. This is me trying to be surprised. <laughs> I love it. That's Good my. Footage. Okay, that's probably my best. Work. It, it it is growing. <laughs> it's got to be my best work so far. <laughs> Dark helmet Biden was pretty good, but <laughs> that one was pretty good. <laughs> Ah, well, there you go. A heaping dumpster fire of a nation with uh, absolute bozos at the helm. <laughs> yes. It's, it's you just gestured to all of it. Just gestured toward all of it. And since we're apparently on a flat earth, it's just careening right towards the edge of it and going to fall off the end. More or less. More or less. Because of global warming. Yes, because of global warming. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) It melted the protective ice barrier that was around the edge of the earth. So now we're all just... (laughs) Now it's all just spilling off Skewing right off the sides. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's how it works. I don't know. I'm not a climatologist. It's basically how it works. (laughs) More or less. Ah, well, thanks for listening. Don't forget to do all of the uh, subscribing and the sharing and the hiving with the uh, socials and such. Um, yeah. Twitter, Rumble, YouTube, 
Facebook, Gab, Par... No, not Parler. Par... Parl... Parlay? Parl... Parl... Parlay! 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 Oh, you're Down quoting... to the depths of the one that came up with Parlay! Yeah, that's that Birds of the, the Caribbean. Good for me. <laughs> Point for Keith. <laughs> Well done, Keith. <laughs> Thank you. I got a reference. I'm I understood that reference. I understood that. <laughs> oh, and that's uh, that's uh, Avengers 2, Captain America. I relate to that scene. I got that reference. Language. <laughs> that man's playing Galaga. He thought we wouldn't notice. But we did. But we did. <laughs> Immediately goes back to playing Galaga. <laughs> <laughs> With all that, <gasps> bye. bye. Uh, Trevor, do you have the uh, clips that I shared with you last week? Before the show got canceled last week? Before the show got canceled? Yes. I have John Stossel video and why is it always communism? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yep. Those are both here. Spoiler alert. It's always communism. It's always communism. Yes. <laughs> Ooh. I like that. I like that one. That was a good one. Do, 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 do. Start recording. <gasps> oh, yeah, that was a solid clap. He's got the clap and he's giving it to you. Thank you. You're welcome. I might have to start bringing another wire. This one's not playing in my left ear. Do do doom ba dum bum ba dum Mike has found something absolutely evil. It's great. It's great. Nothing but good there. All right, I think that's in a decentish order. Decentish. Gonna move that over there. We're gonna move this one down here. That one's there to make fun of Trevor. Excellent. Those are the best ones. That one. Okay. I think. I think I'm good. I think I got it. By Jove, I think he's got it.
All right. Are you ready to go? I think so. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Good enough. That's good enough for me. Is it though? I wear high heels, I skip and jump, I like to press wildflowers. I got awkward fast. On Wednesdays, I go shopping. I buttered scones with <coughs> tea. <laughs> Gaston! Anyway. I'm a lumberjack, Keith. Oh, that's... Uh, and I'm okay. I sleep all night and I work all day. Doctor something. Negative. <coughs> oh. Whew. Sorry. Monty Python. Oh, that's Monty Python? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well. <laughs> well. <laughs> I remember that from my childhood. <clears throat> Core memory triggered. <laughs> Indeed. Indubitably, even. Indubitably. Indubitably. All right. Here we go. Uh, let's see. Push it. Make sure I can see the things before I push, push them. 